Hey, welcome to the C3 Church Victory Podcast. We pray this message will inspire you and activate your faith. Thanks for joining us. This morning, we're going to hear from Joel Proctor, Isaac Lindgren, and Chris Winder. So can you give them a hand in advance? But before I take up any more of their time, I believe, Joel, you're going to kick us off this morning. So why don't you come on out, man, and uh, kick us off. I'm pumped. You've got a great word, I know. Go for it. Go for it. Well, hey, church. I'm not sure if I still qualify as a young man after, you know, post-30. I feel like this beard kind of ages me about a decade. In a good way, I hope. It matures me. No, thanks, Max. I don't think I'll need a water for 10 minutes, but it's all right. Um, hey, how good is it to be in the house of God today? I love that. Yeah, you can, you can cheer for that. I love that we get to worship and praise. And I actually, I'm a bit biased, but I think that this team is probably the best team in the city. Uh, not just these guys, but, you know, we've got camera crew here. We've got guys up the back doing stuff that you wouldn't even imagine or believe. I was having a conversation this morning about VR and how church could look in the future, which I don't understand, but I think it's going to be amazing. And, you know, this series has been incredible. I've loved it. Soundtrack of summer. I love a good soundtrack. I love a good Spotify playlist. And um, Em Lindgren was talking last week about how she gets a bit fixed on songs. I'm just the same. I get, tend to get a song and then smash it for a week. I get on my long runs for two hours. If you didn't know, I'm a runner. So you, if you don't know that, you've probably never had a conversation with me but, or my wife. But, I, you know, I tend to smash it for a week and then it's done for me for a long time. We, you know, get a playlist for church. We get the team to do it and then it's, it's just on repeat all the time. But, you know, not just songs, but I've discovered over the last 31 years that I get a bit fixed on, you know, whatever story I'm reading, whatever Netflix thing that I'm watching, whatever project I'm doing, whatever, you know, whatever it is I'm doing, I get a bit tunnel visioned. And uh, I've also, you know, how good is it to have a wife? Who, uh, who's able to just reveal to you these things where you might have be a bit, you know, blind, a bit of a blind spot. And, you know, the word does say, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. So thanks, babe, for that. It is, no, it is very helpful to have someone who can just reveal things to you in a whole new way, which is great. But seriously, if you are anything like me, you probably do have these certain themes or stories or songs, you might say, that they get on repeat in your mind. You know, when you wake up, they're there. When you go to sleep, they're there in the day. These songs just, just go on repeat. And um, you know, if you do follow me online or anything like that, you might know I've been renovating my house. And uh, it's been, there's nothing quite so like an all-consuming project like renovation. Has anyone done that before? They get completely sucked into it. And, you know, when you get up and you go downstairs, you're on the tools at 7 in the morning, and suddenly you're covered in plaster dust and it's 9 p.m. Uh, that's been me for, for a little while now. And uh, last year, Tamika, my wife, and I decided to, to sell our house and to, you know, buy a house that would be better suited for our family, our young, we have three kids, and we knew that it was a big thing, and, you know, it was, looking at it now, it's like, wow, this, you, this amazing house with this backyard, and for some reason, we got a puppy, and then, you know, it's great, and the puppy wheeze everywhere and we have this amazing renovation that's almost done thank you to all those people who are helping us out in that but uh you know the it's easy to look at it and go wow we have our own accomplishments have brought us to this point where things are great but uh you know the story of getting to that point last year is huge 
It's always the underneath things that, you know, they're playing on repeat, the song in your head. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I had a couple of songs going in my head last year, a couple of really, and they might be well-known songs to you, actually. You might have heard them before. And, you know, I've asked our incredible AV guys up the back. We don't give them enough credit for getting this stuff up because, you know, today they've got three preachers and a little shout-out. But, hey, the first, one of the songs that was going on in my head for a lot last year you might know it. It's the, uh, the Song of Financial Pressure. Anyone know that song? Yeah. It's hard to you know, see the price of lettuce last year and not know that song. But, um, you know, I had that song on repeat so much. It was constant. I don't know the lyrics to many songs, but I know that one. And uh, my team are laughing. It's all right. But, you know, that one kind of precedes this next song. You might know it too. It's the Song of Anxiety. Who knows that one? Yeah. That one's a little bit insidious, isn't it? It gets in there, it overtakes things, keeps your blinders on. Um, closely followed by the song of fear. That one, that one's often close to me. You know, when you think about sell a house, buy a house, mortgage, repayments, the mortgage, you know, all the stuff that happened last year, COVID, you know, the song of fear, it, it can creep, creep up on you. And, you know, for me personally, uh, it really did creep into my life last year, and it was part of what we were doing in, this, in the house that we were getting, and, you know, I, I've begun to learn to unpack that. This last one, this is a bit of an aria winner, I think. It's the, uh, what did I write? I, I said, the song of having small children who are at home for a very long holiday. <laughs> um, <laughs> that one's true. If you're not a parent yet, then you should, uh, you should write that one down. But... Um, no, it's these things, they tend to get just into your heart. They get into your mind. They go into mine. Um, I'm not sure if you're like that, but, I mean, things were just, they were on repeat. I remember a time last year when I was going to bed and I was just almost having, my heart was going quicker. And this is, you know, part of anxiety around things is that I could not get, I couldn't push it away any longer. And I, I have a pretty big capacity for things, but I found myself grinding to a halt. But, um, and it's easy to let that happen, but, you know, this is why I love the Word of God, because it emulates what it's like in my life. So if you've got your Bibles, we've been looking at Psalms, can you head quickly to Psalm 34? And to give some context, this is a Psalm of David, and David wrote this at a time when he was going through a circumstance that was so full of anxiety and fear that he had to pretend to be crazy to get out of it. That's what he thought the answer was you know what, I'm going to allow myself to lose my mind. But, you know, the Lord brought him through it. The Lord did amazing things. And he wrote this psalm. And uh, Psalm 34, verse 1, it's this, his response is, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. See, David knew that it was praise, thankfulness, and thanksgiving and gratitude that would shift the song in his life. And if there's one point that I'd love for you to hear today is that gratitude shifts the song that's in your mind. It only takes that. And, you know, it goes on in verse 4, actually, to say, I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. And I've been dwelling on this a lot. Um, and I learned a lot about gratitude last year. Actually, a couple of weeks ago, I was driving to church um, early in the morning, as we do. And I was listening to a song, coincidentally, called Gratitude. It's part of our set list. You might know it. And the Lord dropped an image into my head that day, 
And I really felt like it was a word for us. It might be a word for you today. Um, I've been um, paving a lot in my renovation, something I'm not very skilled at, but I'm working on it. And the Lord put this image of these bricks in my mind. And if you've done any paving, you know, once they're in, sometimes they need to be moved around a bit. And there's this special tool, this chisel, that you can wedge in and shift side to side, and it moves the brick into alignment. And I felt like the Lord said that anxiety and fear can get in like that. It can get in like that tool, and it can wedge you away from the Lord. But it's gratitude and thankfulness. When it gets behind you, it shifts you into alignment. And I'm not sure who that's for today, but my encouragement is really that we might use gratitude as a tool to realign ourselves, to shift us back into alignment with the Father. Because I know that last year I was going through these things and it wasn't until I started saying, thank you, Lord, for the good work that you are doing. Thank you, Lord, I, I have a house and I know there's another one for us. Doesn't matter what the market says, doesn't matter what's going on in our finances, I know that I can trust you. Uh, verse 8, and I'd love to finish with this as it says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. I like to kind of uh, reword that a little bit if I can, Pastor Natus. Taste and see that the Lord is still good. And uh, I just felt that that word was for some, some of us today. I know it's for me, is that even this week, you know, it's funny how you start talking about gratitude and, and fear and the week you do that, you start having some of those songs come back. And I know that that was for me this week. Um, and it wasn't until, you know, you start saying, hey, God, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for what you've done. I have this beautiful family. I have these hard things in my life. But God, I know you're doing a good thing. And I'd love to leave that with you today. And, you know, there's an opportunity. If you don't know how to do this, because I didn't know how to do this well. The first thing to do is, hey, Jesus, God, I thank you you're there. You're right here. You're with me. And I praise you still. And I found that is, is just such a tool to shift us into better alignment with the Father. Is that all right? Cool. Hey, we're about to hear. We're going to hear from someone who, you know, I really believe in these guys, and they're doing an incredible work, Isaac and Emily Linger, and they're leading our youth. Come on, give them a round of applause. They... They're awesome. They don't just run a babysitting club on a Friday, but they are leading people into discipleship. They're leading the next generation of leaders who will lead leaders, and we should be encouraging them. We should be lifting them up and saying, hey, you guys are doing a great thing. So why don't we give them him some honor? He's going to come out and give us a word. It's awesome. Incredible word. Man, why don't we give Joel a hand for an incredible word? I mean... Seriously, like, what, what can't that guy do, right? You know, he's up here leading worship, and then next to you see him playing keys, and he's on bass, and he's on drums. Like, he plays every instrument in the band. It's amazing. I remember I was thinking just down there before, I was like, there was this one morning where we were pretty light on for, for band, and he was MDing. If you don't know what MD is, that's that mic there, and it only goes into people's ears and the, the band there. And, but he's also had another mic as well because he had to sing because there wasn't enough vocalists. So he's like... All right, crawl, spread it. One, two, three, go. Oh, praise the Lord. It was amazing. I don't know if you remember that. It was, it was incredible. I was, I was on sound and I was like, that, that's great. That's, that's old. It was, it was awesome. It was so good. 
Well, yeah, what, what an incredible morning we have here this morning, and uh, good morning, people joining us online here. Uh, also want to give a shout out to Chris as well, who's coming up next. Uh, this guy's doing an incredible job in the online and broadcast sphere, and I know he's going to bring an incredible word this morning. Uh, and while I'm on shout outs and on, I've got a couple, just my intro is pretty much just honouring people's, because I love it, I love it. Uh, Pastor and Rach, like, Seriously, the, the allowing us to be on this platform here this morning shows the incredible trust that you have in us. I mean, if you're new here this morning, we are not regular preachers. I think this is the first time for all. It's the first time for me anyway. So showing the trust that you have for us to share this platform and bring the word this morning just means so much. So thank you. Thank you. Why don't we give them a hand this morning because they are incredible. They're incredible, incredible. And also, while I've got the mic and while I'm up here, I'd love to just give you a quick update on our youth ministry. We had an incredible year. Where's my youth throw out? Where are you? Come on, give me a yell. There they are. There they are. We had an incredible year last year. For those who don't know, it was our first year leading Victory Youth. Uh, We absolutely love it. We know our young people love it. But can I just say a massive thank you to our parents, to you guys, just for the incredible support that you've shown us last year. Uh, We we couldn't do it without you. Our our parents and young people are incredible. And also you guys that are praying for us and and giving financially for us. Like We are just so honoured and blessed by you guys. And we are believing for an incredible year this year. Uh, We saw so much good things. Uh, last year that God, only God could do. Uh, We saw salvations and new people and record attendances, and we are just so thankful for God and and for you guys as well for believing in us. So we're going to have an incredible year. Hey, youth guys, why don't you give me an amen? Come on. Give me a hallelujah. Give me a praise the Lord. There we go. There we go. Whip those out whenever you want. You guys are welcome to follow us. Oh, that's just a little something we've been working on last year. I I love it. I love it. Hey, I am going to be preaching on Psalm 139 this morning. But before we go there, before we go there, uh, I want to tell you a quick story. Is that okay? Quick story about how this uh, a story that kind of relates to, to what I'm speaking about. I always love bringing in stories when I'm preaching at youth because I think, you know, it helps people engage and understand what I'm really talking about. So I have a question for you. Have you ever had a moment where you, maybe your spouse or your best friend or your partner, someone that knows you really well, They've just known exactly what you're going to say, what you're going to do in any particular moment, right? And you're like, how did you know that? You know, has anyone ever had a moment like that before? Like, you're just like, how did you know that was what I was thinking? Or how did you know that was what I was going to say? Uh, Emily does this all the time for me. She, like, all the time, she knows exactly what I'm going to say or what I'm going to do. And I, I, don't, I don't get it sometimes, but she just knows. And, and we, we just got back from a trip in, in Melbourne, right? We'd just been down there, and it was an incredible trip, and we saw some, some great things. And we're out for dinner. One night, we, we did a lot of eating while we, we were there. So that was like, if you asked me about my trip to Melbourne, it was tennis and eating. That was pretty much it. Um, but a good trip in there, Pastor Greece. Uh, and, and we were out for dinner, and we'd had a pretty big breakfast and big lunch that day, so I'm not particularly that hungry. So we're going out to, a, to a, like a standard kind of pub, and it's got like your standard sort of menu, you know, like one or two pages, and got all your standard things. And who knows, like when you're going into like that kind of restaurant, you kind of got your three or four things that you usually go for, right? You know, mine's it's like chicken parmi, schnitzel, and like a burger, right? Like that's, you know, I'm not really wavering too much from that. You know, that's kind of my list. Uh, maybe a fish and chips as a wild card in there, you know, like it's just, just to mix it up. But it doesn't happen very often. Like that's, whoa, you know, that's, that's, that's my list. You know, everyone's kind of got their go-to and I don't really, because I know it's good. I know that I'm going to enjoy it and, and I don't really want to waver from it. But I was pretty full. So I'm looking through the menu and I'm like, I'm going to have to do something different. Like I'm not that hungry. I can't really go your standard sort of main size 
meal, you know. So I'm like, oh, it's going to have to be like a little entree. So I'm like, I'm just not that hungry, but I still want something. So I look down the menu and I'm like, chicken wings, excellent, beautiful. Like that's, that's what I have. It's an entree. There is no way that M would ever know that that's what I'm going to order because that's, you know, I have those four things that that's what I'm going to order. You know, it's either, you know, chicken pies are set and, and all of those other options. Like, and then she comes over to me and she goes, can I, can I pick what you're going to order? Can I have a guess? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, go on. You'll, you'll, you'll never get it. You, you, you won't know. Like, I never order this. And she goes, chicken wings. And I'm like, how did you know? Are you serious? Like, just somehow she just knows. Like, and I was like, that is, I've never, like, or I barely ever ordered that, you know, and, and she just knew straight away. Like, has anyone else had a moment like that where you're just like, how on earth did you know? And she just goes, I know you. And I'm like, yeah, well, I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> but can I tell you that there's someone that knows you even more than maybe your spouse or your best friend or your, your parents, and that's our God, right? That's our Father. And I can prove it to you. As Bruce K. would say, I don't know if he's here, but he loves saying, I'll prove it. I'll prove it to you. Psalm 139, 1 to 6 in the NLT says this. I'm sure we've got it on the screen. Uh, Oh, Lord, you've examined my heart and you know everything about me, right? You know when I sit down or stand up, you know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord, you go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. Come on, give me an amen, youth guys. Thank you. Excellent. Our Father knows us so well, right? Knows us more than we could ever imagine, right? Like, But the problem is and why we need to come back to this verse so often is that sometimes we can lose ourselves. Right, what I mean by that is we can lose kind of our vision. We can lose focus of our plan in life. We can lose track of what we're doing. We kind of just think we're going around in circles. And can I tell you why? It's because you're disconnected from the one who knows you so well. Right, if you want to know about yourself, talk to him. You know, don't try and figure it out by yourself. You know, know the one who created you, who knows everything about you, who knows your thoughts from afar, who knows everything you do, Right? That's why so often we can just lose track because we're not talking to the one who knows us so well. We're trying to figure it out by ourselves. Don't try and figure it out by yourself. Figure God out. He's the one who created you, as I said. He's the one who knows everything about you, right? We, we, we need to do life side by side with him, not by ourselves, right? We don't, we don't do it in our own strength. We do it in his strength. We're not, we're not walking by ourselves over here going, oh, I don't really know what I'm doing. We need to walk with God who knows our vision, who knows our purpose, and knows exactly where we need to be at any time because that's our God. It says it in his word. I know everything there is to know about you. Don't try and figure it out by yourself. Get familiar with the one who created you. Let go of that burden. That says, I have to have it all figured out. I have to know everything. I need to do this all by myself. You've got a God that loves you. You've got a God that can, you're never separated from his love. He knows everything there is to know about you. He's got it all figured out. He knows more than you could ever imagine. Amen? Amen. I'm two minutes short. How good is that? I thought I was going to be way over. Let's pray. Come on. Is that good? Give me an amen, guys. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Lord God, we just lift you up in this place here this morning. We thank you, Lord. That you're so good to us, Father. We thank you that you know everything there is to know about us, Lord. We can't be separated from your love. We can't be separated from your presence, Lord. You are with us. Lord God, you guide us. You know exactly what we need when we need it. You know our vision. You know our purpose, Father. Help us to stay connected with you, to talk with you, Father, to hear from you. And we pray for an incredible year this year as we build your church. Amen. 
Amen. Thank you, guys. Chris, come and bring the word, mate. Come on. Thank you, Isaac. So good. So good, as Pastor Darren would say. So good. No, but seriously, though, how good have these messages been? I just want to give a quick moment to shout out these guys. Um, Isaac and Emily, who are leading our youth ministry. Man, I, if you ever get to be there on a Friday night, you will see that these guys are facilitating, are fostering a community of faith and a fellowship that is so genuine and so authentic, right? Like, it's so awesome. And I'm so inspired by these guys. And Joel and Tamika, who lead our worship team with just the most incredible spirit of faith and of boldness. Um, worship is great. Worship can be warfare. And these guys are like at the front foot, at the front of the line. It's so awesome. So thank you guys. I, it's just an honor to do ministry alongside people like this. And of course, Pastors Nate and Rachel, I just want to quickly honor you guys. Thank you. It is a privilege to be um, entrusted to bring a message today. And Leah and I are so thankful for just your constant encouragement and source of just inspiration and wisdom. And so we're thankful for you guys. So how good. Can we give it, a, give it up for these guys, please? It's awesome. So if you don't know me, my name is Chris. Uh, my wife, Leah, and I, we lead um, our incredible video and uh, lighting teams here at Victory. Shout out to these guys who are behind the cameras in the booth. Uh, the best team ever. First in, last out. These guys are awesome, and it's such a privilege to do ministry with these guys and to worship with these guys. Like, this is worship, right? Like Joel said, this is leading worship happens on stage, but it also happens in the booth. It also happens by, behind the camera. And if that sounds like a good place for you to be, come and talk to me later. Um, but more recently, Leah and I have also stepped into the space of uh, digital ministry. And if, uh, what's digital ministry? Thanks for asking. I got told very firmly that I have 10 minutes. So I'm not going to go into that because I could be talking about that all day. Um, but come and chat with me after church. Uh, maybe schedule out the rest of the afternoon. But I'd love to chat with you about it. So when I was a child, um, I, would, I was going to say when I was young, but I've been, I've, as it's been made apparent, I'm probably still young. So when I was a child, very young, um, I had the habit of just wandering away from my parents. I just had the habit of just not being where my parents thought I should be when we were out in public places. Uh, I wasn't the kid who just ran off. There's probably a few parents who are like, I'm wondering if there's a few parents in here who are like, oh yeah, this makes sense. But like, I wasn't a kid who just ran off, but I would be somewhere and then my parents would turn around and they'd turn back and I wouldn't be there. And this happened in a few very notable places. Um, does anyone remember uh, the, the train that used to loop around Glendale Shopping Centre? It's like that little train that used to loop around Glendale. I was with shopping with my parents when I was quite young, and I just decided that looks like fun and took myself on a train ride, um, not telling my parents that I was going. Uh, eventually, they found me, albeit a little bit more grey hair on their head. Um, there was also one time at Tomtyland. Does anyone remember Tomtyland? Like, it was an old theme park. I was very young. Like, I was two years old, so I don't have much recollection of this. My parents, however, will not let me forget about this. But when I was very young, about two years old, I just wandered off when we were at Tomtyland in the middle of a very crowded theme park. Um, and eventually my parents found me, again, probably with a few more grey hairs on their head. That's fine. Um, needless to say, since those incidents, my parents, I think they began to see the value of when we were out in public, a nice firm, like, holding by the hand, you know, when you're out and about. And uh, that, like, yeah, that, that's kind of became a very normal thing. And then I got married to my wonderful wife, wife Leah, and... Uh, 
when you're married, one of the perks of being married is get, you get to hold your wife's hand wherever you go. It's one of the perks. Um, but you get to hold your wife's hand wherever you go. And I think, uh, I think Leah likes that because I think she thinks it's romantic and uh, probably very, very nice and intimate. Um, I can't help but think there's also part of it that she's still trying to keep tabs on me, doesn't want me wandering off. <laughs> Pretty confident that's probably still the case. The reason I say all this is, uh, is because I think this idea of holding someone's hand is actually, it's, it's a really great visual because it, it speaks of intimacy and it speaks of being close to somebody but it also speaks of being guided and led by somebody. And uh, I think that's why it's, so, it's found so much in the Bible, this visual of being held by the hand of God or the hand of God holding you or the hand of God on your life. It speaks of intimacy and it speaks of being guided and being led. It's all through Psalms, and there's one particular Psalm. If you have your Bible, turn to Psalm 73. Um, I'm not going to read out the whole Psalm to you. I'll summarize. But Psalm 73 is written by Asaph, uh, not, a, not a name you want to mispronounce. It's written by Asaph, and he writes this psalm. It's a song of honesty and of, like, really, a song of, of, of realizing that he was in a space where he was, as he describes it, almost slipped, almost lost his footing if it wasn't for the hand of God on his life. So Asaph is writing, he's talking about being, seeing the, the he's, a God, he's a man who lives a godly life, tries to live a life of holiness, and he sees the prosperity of the wicked, and he begins to question it, and his heart becomes bitter and torn up, and he's in this space where you can read it, like he's angry, he's annoyed, he's done, that's the best way I can describe it, he's done with God. Don't know if you can relate to being in that place, I know I have been before, maybe you are today. But I think this is really interesting is in this Bible, in this song, Asaph realizes two things. The first one is he comes to a place of repentance. He comes back to, as he describes it, the sanctuary of God. He comes back to a place of repentance. He realizes that he's got a bitter heart. But he also realizes, he realizes that he needs healing. But he also realizes this, that even in that moment where he was done with God, even when he was bitter and resentful and angry, the hand of God was still on his life. He was, there was never a moment where he wasn't being led by the hand of God. Verse 23 and 24 says this, Yet still I belong to you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, leading me into a glorious destiny. Asaph was done with God, but God wasn't done with Asaph. And even when Asaph was bitter, resentful, and angry towards God, God was holding onto his hand. God never let go. God's holding your hand, and he is not letting go. I was a kids leader for many years. Um, I still think it's one of the best teams to be a part of. Love kids ministry. Shout out to Pastor Mel and Simon. These guys are doing an amazing job. And Abby, this whole team, they're doing such an incredible job. Um, but because I was a kids leader, uh, I, I learned things like visual aids. I love a good visual aid. So I'm going to actually ask Pastor Simo to come up here because he's going to help me with a visual aid. Um, this, the idea here is that Simo, Pastor Simo, is going to be God. Don't let that get your head. But he's going to be God, and we're going to hold hands, right? You can do it. You can do that. That's the, that's the manly one, right? It's not the, the fingers in the line, that one. Great. Perfect. Sweet. Now, God, Pastor Simo, he is rock solid, right? When you enter a relationship with Jesus, when you become like a son of God or, or a child of God, a daughter of God, you are like this for the rest of your life. He is never letting you go. It says in uh, John 10, I think, is that, you know, no one snatches us away from his hand, right? So we are, we are sperm. 
But see, if I'm walking a journey, a life with God, I can be doing a couple of things. I could be out here. I could be like Asif was. I can be bitter, angry, resentful, feeling far from God. But even in this place, God is still with me, right? I can be back here. Maybe I'm just done. I feel defeated. I feel burnt out. I feel tired being in this place before. And it's almost like you're getting dragged along life. But in this place, the hand of God has not stopped guiding your life. Or if you're an Enneagram type three like me, always eager and, uh, you know, just need to be held back a little bit, you might be in a place where you are trying to get ahead of what the will of God is on your life. And maybe in this place, God likes to pull us back a little bit. I definitely relate to this. But even in this space, God has not let go. The hand of God is on your life and he is not letting go, right? But here's the thing, right? Asif could have stayed in this place of bitterness, of being resentful, of being angry, of feeling far, but he doesn't. What does it say? It says that he comes back to the sanctuary. He comes back to this place. If you were Leah, you would probably say that this is the more romantic way to hold someone's hand, right? That's lovely. (laughs) Because when you're holding someone's hand like this, it's intimate, right? Like this is the good place to be. It says in verse 28 of this passage, but as for me, it is good to be near God, right? When I'm out here, God's still with me, right? No matter where I go, the hand of God has not left my life. And I want to encourage you today, if you feel like God has left you, forsaken you, it is not true, right? The, 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 the opportunity to come back to this place of intimacy has never been more open. Thank you, Pastor Simo. It's awesome. i got 30 seconds left. Right, like I constantly find myself in a place of needing to reposition myself into that place of intimacy. But I really want to encourage you. I think there, there could be a chance. There are people in this place, maybe online as well, who feels like they have been out here like Asif for so long, for so long that surely God must have left me. I want to encourage you that could be, not be further from the truth. God is with you. His hand has not left you. He is still holding on. It's up to you to take that step back to him. Thank you so much. I'm going to hand back to Pastor Nate. Yes. Be blessed, everyone. Come on. That was fantastic. I should, I should not preach more often. Give uh, these guys some longer periods of time. Who would like that? Who would like to hear a little bit more from these guys? So good. You know, I, I genuinely uh, believe that one of the main responsibilities of the pastoral team in this church is to equip the body for the work of the ministry, which means it's not our responsibility to do it all. It's our responsibility to remind you that you have gifts, that God has formed you and shaped you with an understanding of what he's calling you to, and that he is trying to utilize the community and and the place that he positions you outside of the community for the extension of his kingdom. And it's our primary job to release, to see it on you, to call it out, to remind you how you have something on your life, something that's going to help build this house, something that is going to help extend his kingdom. Thanks for making time to hear this message today. We encourage you to connect with us by heading to c3victory.org.au.